Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked on Spartans. It is Thursday, May 9th, 2019. I'm your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for joining me for today's show. Um, So, second time, I think, this week that uh, we've had episodes with a slight few hour delay here in the morning. Usually try to get them out at 5 a.m., record them the night before, and I just want to be transparent with you on what happened last night. So I was uh, watching some NBA, uh, Golden State, Houston comes on, big game. Uh, the plan was I'm going to you know watch the first half of that game, jump into my office uh, at halftime and record uh, a quick podcast, you know, and, and get back to Golden State, Houston, maybe halfway through the third quarter. Uh, you know, ready to finish out the rest of the game strong and then go to bed. Uh, that was the plan that was uh, laid out by myself for last night. Um, and what happened was I passed out in the middle of the first half. <laughs> um, all I remember is I was laying on the couch watching and I remember uh, Mike D'Antoni after the uh, First quarter, talking to, I don't remember who the sideline reporter was. Uh, I remember I had my eyes closed, and I remember D'Antoni saying something about we need to, or we missed a few switches, and we need to hit some shots on offense. And I thought, that is dreadfully boring. I don't know why they do these first quarter, third quarter (laughs) coaches' interviews. Uh, So that happened, and then then the next thing I know, um, I was waking up, and there was like three minutes left in the third quarter, and it was, you know, I don't know one in the morning or I don't even know what time it was. Um, and I was just exhausted and groggy and had no idea what was going on. Uh, so I was in no state to record a podcast. So, um, the lesson here is I am getting old, uh, quicker than I thought. Uh, so I'm going to have to, uh, be careful if I'm trying to, uh, record things late at night. I got to I don't know, have a cup of coffee at like 9 p.m. or something like that to give myself that little boost. But that's what happened. So now it's morning uh, and I'm sitting here recording this episode for you guys today, which is a bit of a smorgasbord, uh, the episode. Excuse me. We didn't have the show yesterday, so we've got some stuff that's, you know, maybe a little bit older, day old stuff, but it's still noteworthy, worth talking about. Uh, we got an update on the Hauser Brothers uh, transfer situation. The uh, list for the NBA Combine uh, was released. Players invited to the Combine, players attending the NBA Combine. A couple of interesting notes with that as it relates to Michigan State, so we'll talk about that. Matt McQuaid is also attending a professional basketball Combine. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about LJ Scott, Felton Davis. Uh, and then potentially Malik Hall as well. We've got little updates and tidbits of information uh, on all this stuff. Like I said, it's a smorgasbord. There's not really massive things going on, segment-worthy things, so we're just going to kind of run through this. Keep an eye on the time, talk to you for about 25 minutes or so about this stuff, and just uh, we'll keep on keeping on. Oh, my God. Excuse me, I'm just... Uh yawning there that's that's really bad all right let's oh real quick reminder rate review subscribe to the podcast that's really good when you yawn and then suggest someone subscribe to the podcast and give you a good rating you do something incredibly unprofessional unprofessional and terrible and then say hey please tell everyone how great uh, i am yeah 
I'm doing that. Rate, review, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done that uh, already. All right, let's uh, let's start talking about the Hauser Brothers update. So uh, Jeff Goodman uh, reported that Sam and Joey Hauser, who uh, just real quick transferring out of out of Marquette, um, you know, big six eight, six foot nine, wing type guys, uh, shoot from the perimeter, really good, versatile players would be uh, really. Just, you know, I'll put it this way. Marquette was like a preseason top five team, uh, you know, immediately following the season. And then they announced they're transferring and you would be hard pressed to find Marquette in a preseason top 25 now. And if you do, they're generally like 25th. Um, so very impactful players are going to have to sit out a year, but their record, their recruiting is, you know, the most impactful of the sit out transfers. Whereas, you know, we've talked about Kerry Blackshear. Uh, being the most impactful, ready-to-go, play right away. Transfer, the Hauser brothers are the most impactful. Sit-out transfers. They uh, told Jeff Goodman of Stadium that they will visit Virginia uh, today, Thursday, May 9th. um, And they are visiting Michigan State on May 14th. And they have already visited Wisconsin. So Michigan State gets the the last visit with the Hauser brothers. Um, which is interesting. Sometimes uh, you can surmise something from the order recruits visit things. Maybe they liked Wisconsin the most, so they visit them first. Maybe they like Michigan State the most, so they visit them last. You know, give them the the final say. Make sure that Michigan State leaves the last impression on them. So we'll see. The it's interesting. Virginia's scholarship spot right now. Uh, it's tough because of they've got a bunch of guys in the draft, but they are expected to stay in the NBA draft. So I think Virginia um, could potentially have the spots for them uh, or might end up being one spot short, just like Michigan State, depending on what happens with uh, their guys in the NBA draft. They had four guys declare, um, you know, and if all four stay in, then they could have room, but if a couple come back, you know, and we'll see how that plays out for Virginia. Wisconsin uh, would potentially have room for these guys, and they are from Wisconsin. So, you know, that sort of gives them uh, a leg up. I think I had seen someone, um, I don't know, surmise or or guess that Wisconsin was the runner-up to them in their initial recruiting uh, when Marquette uh, was the school of choice for them, that Wisconsin was just uh, right there as well. So Michigan State will have, seems like, one scholarship open next year. You know, Nick, we're assuming Nick stays in. That's how everyone's been acting. Michigan State has been pursuing People to fill an additional scholarship that was vacated by Nick Ward. So that's the main issue here uh, is both these guys can get a half a scholarship for a year, essentially sit out. They uh, obviously won't impact this team uh, next season regardless. Uh, but moving forward in the future, it would be great to have those guys. They're both uh, really good players and uh, would be two of Michigan State's absolute best players uh, after this upcoming season. You know, when Cassius is gone, when when Langford's gone, uh, and that sort of next group needs to start taking over, uh, having those two guys there would be absolutely incredible uh, to that. So something, um, you know, definitely to keep an eye on, and we'll see how that goes. Again, uh, the Hauser brothers, Sam and Joey Hauser, two uh, impact players, the most 
highly regarded sit-out transfers uh, will be visiting Michigan State on May 14th. Uh, similarly, in Michigan State recruiting type things, uh, real quick, Malik Hall is uh, going to be enrolling early at Michigan State, which is cool. Um, you know, it's good that uh, I think he went to, yeah, he, go, he went to like a prep type school. So in terms of we've talked about reclassifying and things like that, I'm sure he's met or he's obviously met all his requirements. Prep school guys can do that earlier. Um, so he uh, has graduated early and is going to be enrolling in Michigan State uh, this weekend and will start uh, spring classes. Uh, that's according to Jake Weingarten at Stock Risers. Um, and, you know, this is someone that uh, Tom Izzo said will be uh, an immediate impact player. And, you know, Michigan State's pretty loaded on the wing. We'll see how things shake out in the back. But as of right now, Malik Hall at power forward, uh, there definitely could be some minutes there. So like anytime you can be an early enrollee, get in and start working right away, you know, that's going to improve just, A, your basketball ability and B, your ability to get on the floor early. Uh, this team's going to be freaking loaded next year. We know that. We know it's going to be hard for freshmen to get uh, on the floor. Uh, Rocket Watts seems like a guy who's going to be uh, somewhat of an impact freshman, giving a you know a scoring punch off the bench or potentially into the starting lineup if need be. Uh, we'll see. It's going to be tough for him to crack the starting rotation, but uh, you know backup point guard, combo guard type guy who can really score. Uh, but Malik Hall looks like he might be able to make an impact early. Uh, and Tom Izzo is like I said come out and said that he's going to be someone who's going to make an impact early. And if he can in the front court and be someone who can come in kind of like uh, Kithier did a little bit, you know, energy rebounds, things like that. You know, freshmen are really raw. They need to learn how to defend at a college level. They need to learn how to operate within uh, a more complex offensive scheme and things like that. But they can still run. They can still screen. They can still grab rebounds. That's effort and energy type stuff. So, if you can get that from a freshman uh, in Malik Hall, and you know, like I said, he's getting in early to learn things and, and really start improving and getting to the place where he can play in the Big Ten, uh, that's all good stuff. So interesting to see that uh, news come out. Uh, good to see, and you know, hopefully everything goes smooth there. Uh, let's take a break. We'll uh, talk about the NBA combine information as it relates to Michigan State. Uh, and then third segment looks like the two football things will fit well there. So we'll talk about that when we get back after this quick commercial break. Reminder, you can get Locked on Spartans with a brand new podcasting app, Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Spartans. And today's episode is brought to you in part by Zip Recruiter, guys. Hiring used to be hard with multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, and a confusing review process, but today hiring can be easy and you only have to go to one place to get it done, ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. Did you even know there was 100 job boards on the internet? I thought there were like three. There are 100. ZipRecruiter sends your job to all of them. With their powerful matching technology, they then scan thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and then actually invite them to apply to your job. They do all the work for you. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter then analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. It's easy. 
you post your job, ZipRecruiter does all the work, and then they just send you, here's the people you should hire. It's so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, welcome back to segment two of today's Locked on Spartans. Uh, So the NBA Combine uh, list of invitees, whatever, that's a weird way to sort of say that. Um, (laughs) The people who are going to the NBA Combine, the list of it was uh, released on Twitter yesterday. You know, the usual typical people that you expect. Um, so that came out, scanned through it to see if Nick Ward was on the list, and it turns out he is not. Um, certainly disappointing for Nick uh, that an invite to the Combine would legitimize him as, at the very worst, a fringe second-round type guy slash priority free agent uh, and would give him a chance to work uh, real up close and personal at that kind of setting be compared to different guys in this class and show uh, the skills he has and what he can do. Give him another chance to kind of, uh, you know, really try to elevate his name in the process. And for him to not get that, that stinks. Uh, he's certainly going to have opportunities to, you know, work out in front of professional scouts. We'll talk about potentially another avenue for him in a minute here. Um, but I, I don't think it was too surprising that Nick uh, wasn't invited to this. There's 66 guys attending. Uh, 60 people will get drafted uh, you know, in a couple months here. So it's pretty much the draft class and then a couple extra guys. Uh, and then I'm sure there'll be someone who wasn't invited who gets drafted and just to, you know how that sort of works out with that many people going to it. But it'll just be a couple people you know, that attend the combine that don't end up getting drafted. So if you get invited to the combine, it's a good indication that you're probably going to get drafted. So not surprising that Nick wasn't invited with that few people uh, going. He's kind of a fringe back end of the second round guy slash priority free agent. Um, You know, I, I do think he will end up getting a chance to do some summer league type stuff. Uh, you know, play in summer league, get a chance to join the G League, especially, you know, his first couple of years as he's still, uh, you know, a, a ball of clay that can be molded, right? A, a developmental type guy with some potential, a big body that maybe you can turn into something uh, with a couple of years of work. Uh, so I still think that's going to be the route most likely that we see with him. And then if it pans out and he can get his way into the NBA, then great. If not, you know, there's certainly a, a lengthy professional career overseas waiting for him uh, whenever he's ready to sort of make that jump. But I think, you know, the most likely scenario for Nick is an undrafted uh, undrafted here in the draft, signing on for uh, summer league, you know, getting in it, yeah, get the get the experience of NBA ish type basketball, high level professional basketball, uh, play in the summer league, latch on with the G League team, go through the G League process for a couple of years, and then you know who knows beyond that. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, not getting invited to the combine certainly a, a blow for Nick Ward's. Uh, draft potential, but uh, I, you know, I still, I 
I don't think it's going to change his decision or anything like that. You know, he could still technically come back. Um, but everyone in both parties, Michigan State and Nick Ward, are uh, acting as if, you know, this is uh, the final decision's already been made and he's staying in there. So uh, we'll see. He could join the uh, professional basketball combine. Uh, Matt McQuaid was invited to that and is going to be attending it. Uh, if you don't know, and I didn't know, the PBC is a secondary combine that uh, basically the top guys who don't get invited to the NBA combine get invited to the secondary one. And it's got a 100% uh, rate of guys attending, signing professional contracts of some sorts, a uh, handful of guys. So it's in its third year, uh, and they've got uh, a handful of guys, uh, nine who've signed two-way uh, NBA contracts who worked out there, 23 who played in the summer league. Um, so Matt, I think if he does really well at this combine, could potentially get himself into summer league, which would be really great for him. Uh, he's sort of someone who was nowhere near professional radars his first three seasons uh, I think he took huge steps in that direction this year getting to the NBA is going to be a, a huge uphill challenge for him uh, but he's certainly a guy who could play professional basketball for a long time as well he can shoot it uh, and he can defend at the very least and it'd be great if he did uh, a really great job at this combine got himself a chance to play in summer league and proved himself enough at summer league to get a G League contract uh, and, you know, just like Nick, uh, it would be worked on development, playing that professional schedule, going through the grind. Uh, and who knows what happens from there. Michigan State, uh, <laughs> Michigan State alum have a pretty good track record uh, as of right now, especially in the most you know, more recent years of going through the G League process, developing and becoming NBA players. Uh, Bryn Forbes is, uh, you know, a starter on a playoff team after being a G League guy. Uh, Matt Costello uh, has worked his way through the G League, is still there, but has played some NBA uh, games uh, and had some nice moments in the NBA. Travis Trice uh, has become a really good G League player and I think, um, you know, could see himself playing some NBA minutes in the near future. Uh, so it's certainly a route that if you want, you don't have to look very far to find Michigan State players who have gone that way uh, and made something of it. So you know, those guys are going to go through, uh, Matt's going to go through the PBC, Nick could end up going through the PBC as well. I hope he does because, uh, you know, that sort of event, uh, the job interview stuff, being able to talk with coaches, meet executives, scouts, things like that, that stuff's really important. Uh, it's, you know, just like any career networking and things like that is, is really important. And then just the ability to uh, have them see you up close and show off your skills and things like that, uh, certainly valuable experience and Hope those guys uh, take advantage of that and do a really great job. Uh, one more uh, combine-related thing before we take another break. Uh, there's another name you will not see on the NBA Combine invitee list, uh, and that is Kerry Blackshear Jr. So he, similarly to Nick Ward, I think his pro prospects are a little bit, <clears throat> excuse me, a little bit better than Nick's because of. Um, his defensive ability and things like that. Uh, he's a little bit bigger than Nick, a little you know more athletic, has a little bit more of an outside game, more well-rounded, more you know fits more with the modern NBA than Nick's game. Again, like if this was 15 years ago, I think Nick might be a first-round pick um, potentially, but it's not. Um, you know, and in Kerry Blackshear, 
uh, is also a fringe type NBA prospect. I thought he would get invited to the combine um, because, you know, top 66 guys, yeah, he is a junior and there is sort of this weird ageism thing with college basketball uh, prospects in the NBA. Uh, if you're a freshman with any sort of potential at all, that's declared like you're 100% getting invited to the combine. And then two years later, you're like, ew, I don't want it. Gross. I don't want a junior. Why would I draft a junior? So there's a little bit of that in the NBA going on right now. So that could play into it. But I think, you know, I was surprised um, his teammate, uh, you know, a couple of his teammates are in the former Virginia Tech teammate. Uh, you know, Nickel uh, Alexander Walker's in there, and you know, I, I think Kerry Blackshear's a better player than him. Um, anyway, he's not in the uh, NBA draft combine per uh, per the release, so I don't know how much you can read into that. The rumor with him has been he's mostly leaning towards coming back to school and transferring and it looks like Texas A&M could be the favorite there to you know rejoin Buzz Williams his old coach from Virginia Tech at Texas A&M but Michigan State is certainly in on that we'll see what happens with the Hauser brothers because that could you know put an end to it basically there's a number of options here between Blackshear the Hauser brothers and Fale Dante uh, <clears throat> that if any one of them jumps in, uh, you know, that obviously ends the pursuit of the other one. So it's an interesting sort of course here that Michigan State's navigating. But Blackshear's not on this. That would indicate the NBA is not really going to be an option uh, for him. He's got another year of eligibility left. He could play, you know, handpick where he wants to play his senior year, could potentially play for a national title contender. Or he could go undrafted and kind of toil around in the G League. Um, and it seems like the the college route is going to be the route that he's going to choose. So that's just an interesting development. Uh, you know, read into him not being on that list what you will. Uh, I think it's an indication that, you know, he's most likely going to be returning back to school. Uh, and that, you know, makes one less uh, thing Michigan State is competing for. Uh, for him next season. All right, let's uh, break right there. When we get back, uh, I'll talk about LJ Scott and Felton Davis. Remember to get this show every day. Subscribe to Locked on Spartans in the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya. <clears throat> Excuse me. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked on Spartans. If you would have asked me, when I was starting the show, what the hardest part would be, I would have thought coming up with content would be the most difficult thing. No, by far the hardest thing to do is just talk for like 20 straight minutes to yourself uh, and, and like not have your voice blow out. And like if you go long on a segment, I need water. And then it's just a disaster there. Welcome back to uh, segment three of today's Locked On Spartans. Let's uh, talk about Felton Davis and LJ Scott. So the LJ Scott saga has been really weird. Uh, it was widely reported, has not been corrected by anybody except for uh, Spartans Wire USA Today, which uh, if you haven't heard, I, I'm now a contributor there. If you want to get the link uh, to that, you can uh, find their Twitter page in my Twitter bio. I'm tweeting out stuff to them. It's Spartans Wire. It's a blog for USA Today uh, that I write in with Andrew Brewster, uh, who's another MSU guy, 
And it's basically just daily news and updates and things like that. Little quick blog posts, nothing major, no in-depth features or anything like that. Um, but every outlet, uh, no outlet outside of Spartans Wire has updated or corrected the reporting that LJ Scott was signed as an undrafted free agent with the Ravens. Uh, we have come to the point where he clearly was not signed by the Ravens. Um, whether he lied about that or just didn't understand the difference because it is like a weird thing if you don't that study but if you don't know like the minutia of how the NFL works after the draft with undrafted guys and things like that it's very easy to get confused uh, on what is what if you're if you're signed if you're just a tryout guy if you're getting money if you're this that or the other so LJ Scott uh, was widely reported to be an undrafted free agent signing of the Ravens. He has not once been signed with the Ravens. He's not on the Ravens. He never was on the Ravens. He was invited by the Ravens to try out uh, at their rookie minicamp. He went for the two-day minicamp. The Ravens signed three guys from that to undrafted free agent contracts. Or, or they, Actually, they weren't even undrafted free agent contracts because they were guys who played in that AAF. But they signed three guys from their rookie minicamp to the 90-man roster. Uh, LJ Scott was not among them. So as it stands right now, LJ Scott is a free agent. He's not a member of the Ravens. He never was. He wasn't cut by the Ravens or anything like that. Uh, he tried out for the Ravens and wasn't signed. And that is the extent of his professional career so far. That doesn't mean his career is over or anything like that. There could be a team that wants to bring him in uh, for another tryout type thing, bring him in as an undrafted free agent, a late signing, someone who needs help at running back, who sort of liked his tape, things like that. Um, and we'll see. I mean, it could have been um, <laughs> a situation where teams wanted to sign Elja Scott as an undrafted free agent, and he really wanted to go to Baltimore. There could have been confusion. His agent could have done a bad job uh, in advising him and thought he had a deal with Baltimore and other teams backed off when they saw it reported that Scott was signing with Baltimore, but he never signed with them because there wasn't a deal to sign. So who knows? There could be teams that do want to sign LJ Scott and give him a chance to go through the preseason and things like that. But as it stands right now, LJ Scott doesn't have a team. Uh, he's a free agent. If the preseason, if uh, training camp started tomorrow, he wouldn't be in it. Um, you know, And that is a really unfortunate situation. It makes me think, uh, something didn't go well for him in medicals or interviews and things just sort of added up um, uh, because tape and ability and talent and what we've seen from him and in, in over the years, like maybe it wasn't the greatest stuff ever. Maybe he peaked uh, in the Big Ten championship game as a freshman. Who knows? But what we've seen from him over the years, at very worst, is someone who should be on an undrafted free agent contract. Remember, there were plenty of people who had him as a sixth, seventh rounder. And, you know, once you get to that point, it's kind of fickle. Sixth, seventh rounder, priority free agent. What's the difference? There's not that much in terms of money difference and, you know, evaluation difference and things like that. But there were plenty of people who had him as a late round guy, priority free agent. And then once he wasn't drafted, uh, every single person <laughs> who was involved in this gig said, hey, LJ Scott's going to be one of the top guys. The fight for free agents begins now. Here's the top running backs available. Here's the top running backs signed as UDFAs. And LJ Scott was all over the place. So really weird situation. Definitely going to continue paying attention to it. Uh, but as of now, LJ Scott, not a, uh, not a member of any team in the NFL. He is a free agent 
looking for his next opportunity. Um, one former Spartan who is on a team is Felton Davis. Uh, Felton Davis is uh, a member of the Kansas City Chiefs, um, and they had their rookie mini camp. And uh, there's, you know, the Chiefs put out a little thing. Uh, five takeaways, yada yada yada. And one thing, just and I was reading up on this, uh, the Chiefs love their undrafted free agency receiver class. They drafted some guys, and we'll see what happens with Tyreek Hill in their case. But like, uh, many people, coaches and reporters and people around the team think multiple players from this undrafted free agency group are going to actually end up making the Chiefs' 90-man roster. Um, and some of you know, someone's going to end up making the team as well. Um, but in the write-up the Chiefs put out on Twitter, uh, in addition to that stuff, uh, I just want to read you an excerpt. Uh, Michigan State's Felton Davis may have had the best catch of the entire minicamp on Monday, hauling in a red zone fade route from Chase Litton in the back corner of the end zone, leaping up and over a defender before securing the catch as he landed square on his back. I didn't even know he was participating, and that's awesome. Um... Uh, so I, I saw that uh, Tara Stafford, at Tara Stafford on Twitter, many of you guys know, just tweeted it out. Uh, and so I jumped down the rabbit hole with Felton Davis seeing like what the situation was because I just assumed he was at a point where you know he would still be sitting out and it would be like a limited guy once training camp came around. Uh, but he's limited participant in the rookie camp, which is, you know, obviously he's doing some stuff, but not going full go, not doing everything. Um, certainly making an impact in his limited time. Uh, Andy Reid has said he's really excited about the group. Uh, you know, a bunch of people, reporters, are saying that the that group is really good. They're all making plays and things like that. Uh, and it seems like uh, Felton's gonna have a good shot to stick around in Kansas City. Uh, we'll see what happens. I, you know, I don't think he makes the 53 man this year just because of the Achilles injury. But certainly, he's probably someone they want to keep around on the practice squad and do, like we said, that professional uh, red shirt year and, and go from there. And there's, you know, this is a it's a really good situation. It's somewhere that when he was signed there, I got excited on his behalf and a lot of people uh, from Michigan State got excited on his behalf. So if he can, you know, go through the process, make an impression this year they'll realize that his health just isn't at a point where like he's ready to play in the NFL. He just blew out his Achilles. That takes time. Uh, practice squad up for a year. Maybe by the end of the season, you know, things happen. Guys get hurt. They need a receiver. He gets a chance to play in the NFL by the end of the season. Uh, but ideally, you know, goes through it, does the professional redshirt year, comes back and just, you know, goes to training camp with a real shot to make the roster and be one of the five or six guys at receiver on this team, I think. Uh, had he not blown out the Achilles, he certainly would have been a mid-round guy, fourth-round pick, fifth-round pick, even third-round pick, depending on testing, um, more likely the, the back half of the mid-rounds, but would be someone who was uh, 100% locked to make a team for at least a couple of years and have a real chance. And so if he can recover fully, I mean, do you ever really fully recover from Achilles? Uh, recover to a point where he's an explosive enough guy to play at an NFL level. Uh, you know, I love the the fit there in Kansas City, and I think he could have a real shot at making that team and having a, a legitimate uh, NFL career that lasts five, six, seven years where he's, you know, a depth receiver and comes in and makes plays and is an important member of a good football team, and that would be awesome for Felton. 
uh, you know, maybe the ceiling's not that high, and maybe it's even lower because the Achilles, you know, zaps, zaps, saps, zaps. Yeah, zaps uh, explosive athleticism. Uh, but he's a good football player, and he uh, deserves to have a real shot at the NFL. All right, that is going to be it for today's episode of Lockdown Spartans. Thanks so much for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at will underscore underscore hunter one l two underscores at on Spartans. Uh, if you want to follow the Spartans Wire at the Spartans Wire on Twitter, you can do that as well. Get your uh, me written in written form uh, and a daily thing. I usually write there once a day, sometimes twice. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Locked on Spartans. Uh, we'll do some more probably positional breakdowns. We'll see what's going on in the news world if anything happens. But it'll probably be positional breakdowns with the football team. We'll continue with that. So look out for that tomorrow morning. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Until then, go green.